Alright, let us open our Bibles to John chapter 14. Wasn't the worship wonderful? Amen. Amen. Shall you raise your hands across to the worship team? Most of them on this side. Can you offer a prayer? Speak something across. Command a blessing upon an anointing upon them. They are going to become better and better and better as the time goes by. Father, we bless you for our beloved ones. The worship team, every single one of them, dear Lord God, the, the, the singers and the, the instrumentalists, mighty Redeemer, we command your favor, your anointing, your blessing, your encouragement upon them, Almighty God. Uphold them, strengthen them, and help them, Almighty King of Glory. Open their eyes to higher heights, O God, of fellowship with you, and let your name be glorified in them, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We thank God for Nike. Nike, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to see you. <laughs> all right praise the lord uh, we continue to intercede for our brother brian we also trust to be able to see him right in our midst in the name of jesus christ praise the lord so father we command total and healing and restoration upon nike we thank you to see her safely in our midst and also lord we are looking forward to see brian also in our midst in the name of jesus christ because of your favor and with your grace, and we also command healing upon every other individual that is in our midst that is weak in one way or another, oh dear Lord, physically or spiritually or mentally, mighty Father, we command your blessing of healing and restoration upon each one in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. We've been sharing... To, uh, most of the time that I've been sharing, it has been a main theme almost that has been grinding through the time for this particular year. We started with the aspect of uh, revelation. We moved on and in the time of Easter, we touched something to do with the resurrection and the purposes of resurrection. The image that God had desired or the main purpose as we, were, we shared that, you know, he had the purpose to be able to restore his dream, to put his dream back on course. Because he made you and I to be in his image. And Esther has shared very interestingly, we have a very interesting poem concerning that those particular, every thorn as it dug deep was to be able to snatch yet another soul from the depths of hell and be able to bring it back again to the Father because of that image, because you are formed in his image. And he desired that image to be restored and put back in the place where it was supposed to be. And you remember when we shared on Easter Day, and that is a Sunday, we shared on the aspect of who is God or what is God and the characteristics of God. We said he is invisible. And then we touched on he can only be seen by the fruit that he manifests. And if he's invisible, his fruit is invisible as well. But he made you so that that fruit or his character or his likeness can be made manifest in you and in me. Then the world will be able to touch God. Then the, your community will be able to see who God is. Then your family and your neighbors will be able to test who God is and the goodness of God. Or that if at all you are bitter, then they will say God is bitter. If you are terrible, then they say, ah. God must be very terrible because this one is his son. This is exactly how he is. If you are horrible, then they will say God is horrible. But we know that he is good. Praise God. 
and hence he is looking for that goodness to be revealed and to be made manifest in you and in me. And today, by God's grace, what has been laid upon my heart is as if it's a continuing theme, but it's on the same same line. It is learning to walk with God. That is, in the fact of him having resurrected Jesus Christ and brought him back to life, for the sake that you and I may be birthed into or regenerated or brought into the kingdom of God and his purposes or his image to be restored again in you and in I, so that he may be seen in us. And hence, today today I had that particular move and push in my spirit that the Lord wants us to learn to walk with God. There are many ways to learn how to walk with God. I only touch a few aspects here and there. So it's not all the whole aspect. He reveals unto each one of us how to walk with him. But he wants you and I to be sensitive, to be able to hear. As he speaks unto us, then we are able to walk, to go along in the direction that he leads. The scripture that we have shared over and over again, and is the one we begin with yet once again. John chapter 14, verse 5 and 6. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We've shared in depth of what Jesus indicates as he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I want you to ask yourself as we look at those particular words, why do people love to look at the mirror? I'm sure every single one of you has looked at a mirror. And I wouldn't be surprised, I may not be very far from wrong, if I say every one of you today has looked at the mirror. Maybe one or two might not have. But I'm 100% sure somebody has looked at least in a mirror to see something in the mirror. What do you look at when you look in the mirror? Me. I see. There you are. She looks to see me. You only look to see that person called me, 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 me. That is you. Nobody else. You don't look in the mirror to see anybody else. You always look in the mirror for one purpose and one purpose only, to look at yourself and to adjust yourself. There are professionals who can stay in the mirror for two hours because they are still not satisfied with what they are seeing. So they will keep on that way, change the style, change, you know, every change the clothes for me four or five times before they are satisfied. Ah, now at least I have arrived. That is what we are, human beings. There is that particular aspect in us. We like to see the image of ourselves. And so as we come into touch on the walking with God, or learning to walk with God, why did God then create man? And we, we've learned it across in Genesis chapter 126 where it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Then in verse 27, he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So he creates the man and the woman, and he says, Let us make him in our image. It is like We have copied it from the Father. We have copied it from himself. He likes to look in the mirror. To look and see how am I performing? How am I looking? How have I shaped my hair today? 
So as you walk in the community, I want you to realize that his eye is looking down in your community. He's wondering, how am I doing today? How is my walking gait today? How am I, you know, how are my steps today? And how are my words today? How am I speaking? He loves to look at his mirror. And that mirror is right before me. I'm looking at God as I look across the whole of this particular, this particular auditorium. I want you to realize how significant and how unique you are in the eyes of the Father. And how you should handle yourself and carry yourself in your outgoing and in your incoming. I am his mirror. Whenever he wants to see himself, he is invisible. But when he wants to see himself, he looks at me and he can smile and says, yes, that is what I am. That is what I look like. So start judging yourself as these words were coming to me. I, they were challenging me to the very depths of the very core of my being. In the times when I find myself, I've done naughty stuff. I marvel and ask, oh, Father, this is exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say to the world, this is how you look like. But I know very well that this is not what you look like. But he still even tell me, yeah, I want to walk with you. I want you to learn something new, Paul. Something about me as we walk together. And walking with the Father, as we have learned in that particular place, just the very first verse we have, we, have, we have touched, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. That is, he wanted an image of himself as we have said. He wanted to be able to look at himself and, and see himself for who he is. From his invisibility, he can look into the physical and he knows that's what I am. We touched last time and we said, when Adam walked the earth, that's why God placed all creation under him. The, you know, the trees, the everything, the animals, the fish, the whatever. He placed them all under him because why? He was his image. He knew that all my creation is under me. They can, they can look at me because they can see me in Adam. They, the love, the goodness, the self-control, the power and the wonder that was in that creation. He has invested it in you and in me for the sake of blessing creation and for the sake of blessing all those around us. And that's what we are. That's what we are meant to be. And no wonder in Psalms 8, 4, he says, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him? That, you know, whoever writes that, he wonders, he marvels. Why do you mind about man? Why do you visit men and women? For one reason, because that is where I, I, I can only find how I look. I, I am invisible and I can only find myself or discover myself when I come across to, you know, I don't know what the address, what the address of your house is. Whatever your number of your house, he knows I can go to 20 Melville Avenue. I can go to that, whatever. If I want to see myself, I only need to look across to whichever place, wherever it is that you are. And I will see what I want to see. I will see how my eyes are looking. 
I will see how my nose is looking. My brother and my sister, I want you to be gauging yourself as you look at yourself. He said he wanted to walk with man as he walked the Garden of Eden. There was something unique in his heart. As he said, every time he will come, his voice will come into the garden and he will walk with man in the cool of the day because he loved that fellowship, walking with that one who is his express image. It was an image of himself, his likeness and his image. He enjoyed that fellowship. And that's what he's looking for, to enjoy in each one of us, even in this particular time. Hear what he says in Jeremiah 29. I'm, I'm just touching the foundation of this message at this particular time. In Jeremiah 29, as these are scriptures you know. When he says, I have good plans. For, he says, I know the plans I have for you. Why? Because you are me. You are the one, my expression. I'm just not thinking of anything. He says, plans of good are not of evil. You know yourself. When you make your dish, you don't make it anyhow. You just like that and then I'll just eat. No, you're always making sure that it is nice. I will enjoy it. Similarly, I have good plans for you, Linda, says the Lord. I've got good plans for you, Cass, says the Lord. I've got good plans for you, Leah. I've got good plans for you, Carol. I've got good plans for you, for you, for you, for each one of us. He says, I have good plans. For you. Why? Because you are my reflection. I want you to look good. You know, when you apply that perfume up and down, that is exactly, you know, I want to smell good. He is, I've got good plans for you. If it is the makeup, he puts the lipstick, says, yeah, I want to look good. I want to look you know, smart. I want to look sparkling. I want to impress. Whatever it is that I turn myself, they will look and know that I am passing. He said, you are my reflection. That's why he said, I've got good plans for you. If you look across in Psalms 139, from verse 16, you realize another wonder. He says, even before you came to be, he had you in his mind. He was already thinking and you know, planning. He says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The day is fashioned for me. When as yet there was none of them. Then he said, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they will be more in number than the sun when I awake. I am still with you. Can you imagine? When you sleep, he doesn't go away. He's enjoying his image. He's looking. He's, I marvel at the mercy and the goodness of God toward us. If we be able to rise up and to grasp how you are loved, how you are cared for, how he is concerned about you and I, we will never be the same again. He says, when I awake, I am still with you. Even when I forget about him, never. He says the thoughts he is thinking about you and about me are infinite. Like the sand on the seashore. That's what he says. If you can count them grains of sand, he says, that's what I think about you, Michael. Chris, that's what you are, is on my mind as I look, as I look at you. The wonderful planes he wants to take 
to take you. If you go in there, uh, is it some uh, Isaiah, I think, uh, 60, I think 61. It should be 60, 61 or 60, yeah, it should be 61, where he says, I'll rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, and he has arrayed me in the robes of, uh, in the robes of righteousness. Then he says, as a bridegroom takes himself, and as a bride adorns herself, so the Lord adorns you, and so the Lord adorns me. Why? It's because he wants to look good. Praise God. I hope you're getting the message. He wants you to look good. Why? Because he want to walk with you. Continually, day in and day out. While he's invisible, he's always looking on his side. And he knows, yeah, this is what I look like. This is what I am. This is how I resemble. This is how I influence whatever I turn myself. This is my expression. This is me. Praise God. That's how the Father is looking for as he looks at you. If you go to Psalm 16 and verse 3, speaking of Jesus, he speaks of, As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is my delight. You are his delight. He loves to look at you. He loves to walk with you. He loves to commune with you. And he loves, he delights in you as an individual. You are, the, you know, you make his heart to tick, if you may be able to say that. If you look in Psalms 147, he says, he does, 147 verse 10 and 11. He says, he does not delight in the strength of the horse. That is God. God does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. Because the one who fears him and the one who hopes in his mercy is the one who has come to grips with the image that he is, what he or she represents. And if you look in, uh, in, in Jeremiah 31, he says something else. The Lord has appeared of all to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Why is he drawing you unto himself? Why is he drawing me unto himself? Because he wants to walk with you. He wants to walk with me. He wants us to, have, uh, to come to grips with what it is that he has made us to be. And then if you look across, now as we come now to the main aspect of, this, of, of, the, of, of what I want us to share today. In John chapter 8 verse 29, Jesus says some very interesting words. He says, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. He declares the Father is with me always. He has not left me. He is delighted about me. If you remember, something I that you know, was going through my mind. Uh, we've shared it maybe before. But for, that, for 30 years, he walked up and down as Joseph's son or as Mary's son. And all was quiet. Nothing was, it's as if nothing was happening. Not, he kept moving up and down, but it's like as if heaven was silent. It was watching. Something was ticking in the heart of the heavens. 
as he looked down, he had such interest of something that was happening across in, 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 in Israel at that particular time. As, as he says, that as he walked up and down, he was called, he says, that this thing that shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. The Holy One will be born of you will be called the Son of God. And as he walked as a normal human being, not understood by any or by most of the people, yet when he reached 30 years, when he went to the Jordan River, I want you to look at Jordan, the Jordan River, as he walks out. As he walks out of the particular waters of baptism. And as the Bible says, as he was praying, as he walked out of the particular water, the heavens burst open. He had held, you know, he has held, he, he held himself, if I may say, for 30 whole years. He was watching because he had seen a man who was walking after his own heart. For 30 whole years, he kept on looking quietly at this young man. As he walked the streets of, of, of Israel, he would go to the synagogue, go to the temple, be at home with his parents, do whatever it is that he was doing as a carpenter. And something was sticking in the heart of the father. He was so delighted, you know, joy was welling in his heart oh, every other day. It was rising and rising and rising. Finally, on that day in the garden, not the garden, at Jordan, as the Son of God walks out of, of, the, of, the, of the water, he could not contain his joy anymore. He could not hold himself any further. The Word of God says he burst the heavens open and even released his spirit the spirit came down rushing down to that one said that one that one that one and as the spirit rested on him he bursts out he says this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased i have you know he has walked in my fear in the fear of god he has walked in my delight day in and day out and he, the father looks at it and is so excited that he says this is for once, as we said that sometimes back, his voice had been silent. It only used to be heard in the, by the prophets and by what of you through the prophets, through other mediums. But for once, after many, many years from the Mount Sinai, suddenly he appears again and he comes and he declares one wonderful word. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Why? Because I have at last again found. A man that I can walk with. I found again an individual that I can identify. I can see myself. I can see my character. I can see my thoughts. I can see, you know, my feelings. I can see them, all of them incarnate in this particular being. A man that I can walk with. And so it comes in and he, 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 he comes unto us and there are about four aspects that I would like us to look at. Maybe we might look at one or two. And that is learning to walk with God. How do you learn to walk with God? How do I learn to walk with God? He has called us to be with him. He says, draw near unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. We want to grow in him. We want to experience him. But one thing that touched my heart is... It came upon my heart that this is the first step that he's looking for. If you want to walk with God, the first and very foremost step is love 
accept and honor everyone as they are. Love, accept, and honor every individual as they are. Whether they are white, they are blue, they are red, they are green, regardless. Whether they are men, they are women, boys or girls, whoever, whatever it is, says, love, accept, and honor every man and every woman, every individual as they are. Why? He's got over 7 billion of them on the face of the earth. And you know something interesting? He accepts every one of them as they are. He does not deny any of them. He loves them totally 100%. And how do you know that he loves them? In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, he says a very interesting word. He says, come and let us, sorry. He says, come, let us reason together. He's sending out to anybody. He does not choose whom he is calling to come. He says, come, let us reason together. He is inviting you and I inviting everybody into his presence so that they may be able to commune together. And what is the purpose of him calling every individual? He says, though your sin be as red as scarlet, praise God, I will say it shall be as white as wool. Praise the Lord. Those be as red as crimson, or as red as red as crimson, they shall be as white as snow and as red as white as wool. He commits himself to you, regardless of what you may be or what she, he, he or she may be like. He says, Come to me, I will transform you. Just come as you are, dirty as you may be, you know, the, you know in, in a bad state as you may be. Doesn't matter where you've been, where you've been walking, where you've been living. He says, Come just as you are. That is item number, item number one. The item number two, realize again on the same basis, he, when in Mark, Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, when he says, come to me all you who labor. He does not say, you know, stop your laboring first, then come to me. He says, come to me all you who are laboring. In your laboring, in your troubles, in your all, whatever states that we may be in, he says, come to me just as you are. He is not waiting for us to perform something so that we may be able to be better, to be able to be received by him. It is just as you are. Whatever you are, he wants to talk to you in the place where you are. Whether you feel dry, whether you feel that, you know, he can never talk to me in whatsoever state it is that you may be. He can never touch me. He can never identify himself with me. I am too far gone. No, nobody is too far gone. Why? He says, come just as you are. And then for his, now the most interesting one is in the Revelation chapter 3, in, the, in that verse, verse 20, where he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Did you realize he does not choose which door he goes to? There are seven, over 7 billion doors that he's standing at. Every single one of them, of the drug addicts, of the alcoholics, of the adulterers, of the whatever, name it across the whole globe of the earth. Whatever it might be, he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Realize how the kind of character that your father and my father is, our father has. 
and start analyzing yourself. Can I go to stand at any particular door to share my love to any of these but any, any to anybody? I, many times we choose whom we talk to. Many times we choose whom we relate to. Many times we choose whom we want to think about. Many times we write off so many, even in our own meetings, we write off each other. Say, I can't talk to him, I can't talk to her, I can't do her. I don't have anything to do with him or to do anything with, do with her. But look at the Father, the one in whose image you and I, we have been made. He says, behold, I stand at the door. Him who is unique and you can't express who he is. He's beyond explanation. Yet he takes time to come and stand at each and every door. Even of the most unwanted. He's ready to engage with that one. My brother and my sister, there is a love that God is looking for in you and in me. Shall it be revealed and shall it be made manifest? Shall we be found willing to go to stand at any one of those other doors so that he may be able to have an opportunity to touch that man or to touch that woman and to reveal his love, his love unto them? Remember Zacchaeus, if you want to read that, that story, you can read in Zacchaeus, chapter, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to around verse 5. Zacchaeus, something interesting, let me, let, me, let, me, let me read it. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich and he sought to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd for he was of a short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now I want you to realize, all of you know the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a most hated character in the society. Nobody wanted to talk to him. You know, tax collectors are not loved. People, they, 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 they are hated. But the, the issue is, this man, with an, and he had robbed many people, just as he says there later on in the story. He was a person of scorn in the community. But look at Jesus. Jesus, when he comes to that particular tree, he reaches that particular tree. And what does he do? He does not wait for Zacchaeus to welcome him. In fact, if anything, he welcomes himself. He tells Zacchaeus, oh, come down. I'm going to be with you at your house. Everybody was wondering, how can you go to a tax collector's house? How can you go to that house of that person whom we know is such a drug addict, such a bad man, such a terrible, wicked, evil man? That family is bad. You can't touch anything to do with that particular family. How can you even talk of them? He says, today, I'm going to eat at your house. Leave alone. I'm coming to your house. He says, today, I will eat. Today, I will eat at your house. He goes into her fellowship. Fellowship with him. My brother, my sister, just one thing that I would like to touch on this one. Love and accept and honor everyone as they are. The Lord wants you and I to remove the rules that we have put in place, which have blocked so many people from his love. I don't know how you're going to do it and how I'm going to do it. 
But that's what he's saying. He says, I don't have any rules when it comes to calling anybody to myself. I'm calling all to come to me. And he wants you and I to allow him to be able to call men and women unto himself. He wants you to, and I to remove the boundaries that we've placed in between amongst ourselves. I can't talk to that one. I can't think of that one. I'm too high for that one. I can't relate to that one. How come? What sort of image are we presenting before the throne of grace? I can't welcome that one in my house. My house does not I welcome such kind. That is the kind of attitude we tend to have every other day amongst ourselves. Leave alone the people who are outside the church, even within the church itself. We have that kind of mindset. And the father is saying, if you want to walk with me, child, you want to have to take up what I am like and receive everyone the way I receive. He says, pull down the screens which you have put up. And as you're looking at people through screens, no, I want you to pull down the screens. Look at Paul for who he really is. Accept him for who he is. He does not give us an excuse of refusing. He says, accept him for who he really is. Accept her for who she really is. Praise God. That is what he's calling you and I unto. He says, we stop looking out the outside for care. And we get to look on the inside. Our children are running away from the grace of God in many ways. And many might be because we have raised so many rules and so many boundaries. And hence we have blocked them out from the grace of God. I don't know what the Lord is in, in, in indicating in this particular area. Some of our families have gone ways apart. Simply because we have put boundaries and screens and what of you that have hindered that love. We have thought you cannot come anywhere beyond this particular part. And hence we have blocked that brother of ours or that sister of ours out. They can never touch the grace of God or the love of God. Because you are the only one who can be able to express that love or that grace unto him or unto her in the name of Jesus Christ. They will never touch it anywhere else. They will never see it in any other man or any other woman. It's only you and only I. And so he says, pull down the screens, son. Pull down the screens, my daughter. For I want to walk through to be able to reach that one who has not been able to be reached. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you remember the, 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 the prodigal son? When he comes back home. And look what the father does. He does not clean him first before he embraces him. In his dirty, smelling as dirty as a pig, the way he, he, he had been feeding with the pigs all along. So from head unto the toes, he is stinking. He hadn't taken a bath, I'm sure, for, for years or for months. He was properly stinking. But that did not stop the love of the Father. Your Father, my Father, our Father. Praise God. He stretched out his arm, my son who was lost, my daughter who was lost. Come! And he embraced him. All that dirt, he held it so close to himself because he was not seeing the dirt. He was not feeling the heart. He was feeling the heart that was inside. He was feeling the spirit of his son. 
He could be able to embrace and feel it. And that's what the Father is reaching out. I don't know where we have been, where you've been, but his embrace is embracing you to reach you right to the very depth, the very core of who you are. That one which has been hidden from every man and every woman. Nobody knows about that habit. Nobody knows about that particular character. Nobody knows about those words that you've been speaking. But yet he knows and he says, I don't care. My blood has covered every one of them. You are mine. I don't look on those particular wrongs. We look so many at so many wrongs. The second aspect, he says, recognize the learning curves. That, you know, the learning curves of errors. That we, that we, we, we magnify them. We magnify these particular uh, errors before us. If you look at John chapter 8, uh, the woman who was caught in adultery, when he comes, when his brush is brought to Jesus, they all want to stone him. But there's something interesting that Jesus says. He says, uh, he asks after everybody has gone away, didn't anybody condemn you? Then she tells him, no, Lord. She's waiting for him maybe to condemn him. And he says, neither do I condemn you. He is the perfect one. And yet, it's like he sees nothing wrong in either. Neither do I condemn you. He says, God, go your way and sin no more. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can you imagine he does not tell her? Rise up, follow me, and do everything that I'm going to tell you. You must not do this. You must not do that. You must not do that. You must not do the other. Only do this and do this and do this. That's what we do. Do this, do this, do that, do that. He tells her, go your way and sin no more. Praise the Lord. He sets her at liberty. Go express yourself. Show my image. Show my love for the glory of God. If you want to walk with God, he says, do recognize something. Don't worry about the mistakes that you have made. He wants you to realize something. I marveled at this particular aspect. That he is not pinpointing your sins and your wrongs. We spend so much of our time Crying, oh, I've seen, oh, I thought this way badly. Oh, God, I've done this. Oh, God, I've done this. Oh, God, I've done this. I've done the other. I've done the other. I've done the other. He, but he's looking at you. He's wondering. He, as, as you continue mentioning every single thing, he's looking at you. And as, 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 as then he asks you, so? So if you have done that, so what? So what? And then you ask him, you tell him, how can you accept me when all this is who I am? I mean, I, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but yet I've done this, I've done this, I've done the other. What? You can't accept me? Maybe I've sinned beyond. The, I've done the immortal, the immortal, immortal sin, the mortal sin. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't be saved anymore. There are people who have those particular fears that go rounding through their mind and the enemy screws you proper and takes away your peace. The Lord says something very interesting. He says, don't worry about that. My blood has covered that. I found it difficult to, to think about that because I've grown up in an area of being legalistic. You know, the, it's a matter of black and white. That, 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 that. And then he said, no, I have covered. My blood has covered that. Rise up. Praise on. Let us go. We have got work to do. Don't waste time 
wallowing in the mud. Don't waste time sticking back, going back into what you used to be. Don't waste your time looking back at what you did yesterday. Don't waste your time wallowing in the things that you have done before. He's saying, my blood has covered every one of those particular things. And he says, arise, stop being rigid. Allow me to be able to love you. Allow me, you know, recognize what my blood has done. And as you recognize what my blood has done, reach out to your sons and to your daughters. Reach out unto your brothers and to your sisters. Reach out unto your neighbors. Realize that my blood is powerful and it is enough. It covers the sin of the world. And if you believe in me and if they will believe in me, then they come under that particular covering. They are accepted in the beloved, in the name of Jesus Christ. He wants you to walk with him. So what? Love, accept, and honor everybody as they are. Even if they are the worst characters, just love, honor, and accept them as they are. The father is seeking to do something in that man or in that woman. It is difficult, I know, but that's what he, he placed upon my heart to share with us. Love, honor, and accept them. Those difficult children, love, honor, and accept them as they are. You will see the wonder what is going to happen. Stop putting up the rules. You must do it. Every time you tell them, don't do this, that's the time they will go, ex go exactly and do exactly what you have told them not to do. That's usually what happens with our human nature. That with the moment you're told, don't go there, say, why did they say I don't go there? Why did they say I don't go there? And you, you find yourself, you have already gone there. And of course, you burn your fingers. Oh, this is what was meant, I shouldn't go there. But you're already there, so you continue burning in that particular place. But if you had loved, if you had loved him or loved her, and showed her that grace, that I accept you just as you are, they try the limits and they realize that doesn't change your love. That doesn't change your concern concerning them. It just has to change their heart. They will be won over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our husbands, our wives will be won over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. How many times do we look at ourselves and many times we jump up and down and we say, How stupid. The people say how stupid they have been, how idiots that people people call it. I've said it here, and we keep on calling it ourselves of those particular names. There was someone who really tear himself or herself apart. What an idiot! What a stupid character! What whatever I have been. And God is looking in the mirror. This is a born-again child of God who is declaring they are stupid, they are idiots, they are what have you. You know what you're saying? You are you are telling him. Because you are his express image. He has redeemed you in his son. Amen. So that he may be able to manifest himself in you and through you. For the glory of his name. Change. If you want to walk with him. If I'm going to walk with him. Accept. Love. Accept. Honor everybody. And secondly. Learn. You know. Start learning. The, you know. The, those particular. They recognize those learning curve areas. Errors, those learning curve errors or mistakes that we make in life. Don't let them hold you back. 
Every time that you have fallen, it's interesting the Lord looks at it and says, that is a learning curve. He is not looking at it to whip you and tell you that you have sinned. I'm not want you anymore. No, he understands your nature. He says he knows that you are made of dust. I am made of dust. And for that reason, he knows you may not be perfect and I may not be perfect. I may fall in sin, you may fall in sin. But he says, my blood has covered that. And I want you to arise and reach out to my calling. Because as you continually press on forward, you continue to become like me. Now, one of the things that happens in life, whatever you fix your eyes on, it grows within you. That's one wonder of, of, of our creation as human beings. Whatever we fix our eyes on, it grows within us. And whatever grows within us, we become. So if you fix your eyes on the errors, we fix our eyes on the errors of our children. And we lambast them left, center, and right. Florence has to go correct me every now and then. Sometimes when I'm worked up, worked up and I want to reach out and say, yeah, these children, these children, she's telling me, come on, come on, come on. Do what you preach. I says, okay, 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 love, okay, love, okay, love. Okay, love. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there's, there's always a check. I check, check some place at some given corner. And that's what the Lord is telling us. That if we focus on those particular errors and focus on those particular wrong things, they start to grow in us. And that's what our children end up becoming. Also because that's what we are focusing on. That's what we are speaking continually about. It continues to grow and finally it becomes. They become the rebellious uh, lot that they choose to be because that's what we have been enacting in them over and over again. Similarly here in the fellowship. The more you look at that brother or that sister, I can't, don't even want to talk to him. The more he becomes horrible. The more she becomes horrible. And finally, you will never be able to want to associate with him or her anymore. And yet you are in the same body. What a calamity. What a heavy weight. Because you don't like that leg. And yet, you are this other one. You need each other to be able to support the whole body. You will go wobbling continually. You will take all the weight. Because you don't want to have anything to do with this other leg, you'll be having to stamp on this particular leg. In due time, you will collapse because the weight of the body has been too much on that one leg. He created the two of them so that they support each other. He created your brother and your sister so that we can be able to grow together as the grace of God works in us and flows in us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love, accept, honor everybody as they are don't try to fix them that's what we love to do we want to fix them so that they'll be as we want them to be no he is the one who has already planned them out to be so let them be they're gonna come out not what we want them to be I don't go in praying anymore, telling God, oh God, make my sons to be like this and like that and like that because that's what I want them to be. I want them to be in the image that he has made and planned them to be in Jesus' name. I pray that for my daughter. I want us to pray that for each other in Jesus' name. Not Father, I want such a good church. 
A church that will be like this and like that. like No, let your image, let your will be done in Hope Community Church in the name of Jesus Christ. I want a worship team that will sing like this. And no, Father, I want them to sing in the way of the Spirit. The way you want them to. Whether I like it or I don't like it, I don't care. I want them to do what you want them to do in Jesus' name. Then we shall become a body. A powerful body for the glory of God in the highest. Least of all, he says, learn to relax in him. We are many times so rigid, very rigid, you know, you know, you know very moody, very serious, in every, virtually in everything. We don't even afford a smile. And, you know, many of some of us, we can't, it's difficult to get a smile out of you or out of her. Because we believe in being so, being so tough. I want to look tough. I want to, and that's, that's some of our natures. That happens in life. But that is not God. God knows how to laugh, man. He can laugh his heart out. Because he says in Psalm 16, verse 11, and we have touched that, he says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. Let me ask you, are there any pleasures that have got a long, serious face? <laughs> I wonder what pleasure, you know, enter any place where there are pleasures and joy and look at all the faces and tell me if you'll find a single one that will be <laughs> looking across at everybody so stern and so serious. I'm very happy. I'm very joyous. It is, I feel so good, so good. <laughs> It is so of the opposite. That is not the image of the Father. And that's what you are supposed to be. That's what I am supposed to be. He wants you to come up with a good laugh. Praise the Lord. Learn to be able to laugh. Learn it releases you. That's who your Father is and who the Lord Jesus Christ. Have fun in, in the presence of the Lord. Don't be the stiff, you know, rigid person. You know what? Look at the trees of the field. He says we are trees of righteousness. If you look at the trees, you learn something. You know what? They don't grow this way into, into, the, back of, into, into the back of the others. Alright? Every tree likes to grow upwards. It wants to be free and express itself. Send its branches across as it continues. I mean higher and higher and higher and higher. They don't grow that way. And many times you and I... We like to grow this one because we want to cover the face of the other brother, cover the other hair of the other sister, cover the hair of the other family. We want to block them so that only us we shall be seen above the, above the, above in the whatever. That's not the, the kind that God is calling us unto. Every one of you and every one of us, we've been called to be able to blossom and to arise, and that is in the in, the, in that particular arena of. The rela relax in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you relax in him, you will experience the goodness of the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he loves you with an everlasting love. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So once again, I remind us. There's the fourth bit, but I don't want to go into that one. We shall share it another time when we come together another, another Sunday when I have an opportunity to share. But for now, just remember those particular three aspects. As you go home, love accept and honor every individual as they are if you have not been doing that i've not been doing that ask the father 
Let us cry to him, Lord, grant me this grace. I know I've been very legalistic. I know I've been very stiff-necked. I know I've been very rough with my brothers and my sisters. I don't give them any chance or any room of play whatsoever. But Father, I want to be able to accept, to love, to honor them as they are. As you do that, you will start seeing the good fruits in that brother, in that sister, in that child starting to come forth for the glory of God. I had my wife correct me at one point. She told me, listen, Paul, if you want to bless somebody with a criticism, speak about the goodness in that person first. Talk about the goodness in him and then maybe add on and you can correct this other bit. Lift the individual up first before telling him and correct A, B, C, D. Measure on the good. Uphold the good. Honor the good. I tell you, it will blossom. And that man or that woman or that child is going to change completely for the glory of God. Secondly, recognize the learning curves. Don't let the learning curves be the stopping point of your advance in the grace of God. Every mistake that you may have made, every sin you may have committed, I submit it to you, it is a learning curve. And God has not destroyed you because of that sin that you did or the sin you did this morning. No. He says, my blood is covering that sun. I want you to rise up. There's a long journey. We must go. Don't waste time here. That's why I shed my blood. Rise up because we must go on. You must reach perfection. The Father wants to reflect himself in you and through you in the name of Jesus Christ. And lastly, relax. Praise the Lord. Relax in the Lord. Turn around to your neighbor and tell him, oh, relax in the Lord. He does not want you to be uptight. It's like he's looking at you waiting to see what error or what wrong you have, you have done or you're going to do. He wants you to relax in him. And as you relax in him, he's going to start to magnify himself in your life. And least of all, remember, whatever you fix your eyes on, it grows within you. Whatever you fix your eyes on grows within you. And whatever grows within you, you become. I repeat once again. Whatever you fix your eyes on grows within you. And whatever grows within you, you become. Father, we bless you and we give you glory. It is our desire to walk with you. You love, you accept, you honor every man and every woman as they are. Help us that from today here at Hope Community Church, we shall become such a people. That the whole community around us will see the love of God in us and through us, and your name will be glorified. Help us, dear Lord, not to stop other moments when we have sinned or done mistakes against you. For you are telling us, I love you with an everlasting love. And I'm drawing you with my loving kindness. My blood is covering your sin. My blood is cleansing you moment by moment. You stand accepted and loved and clean in my sight. For you are ever under the covering of my blood. And I want you to flow out of me. Let me flow out of you. As the living waters... I established within you 
So I ask that you also allow me to flow in you. Do not analyze me. Do not seek to try to think of how I can be. Simply open yourself unto me and let me flow in you, flow in your thoughts, flow in your way of work, flow in your vision. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, let it become a reality in each one of us that we shall learn to relax in you for the glory of your holy name. And above all, I'm asking, Father, help us to be a people of laughter. Help us to be people who can laugh, Abba Father. Many times we've been so rigid and so stiff, oh dear Lord of God, and Father, dear Lord of God, that people wonder what sort of joy we talk about. But I'm praying, God, from today, baptize us in the Spirit, thy Spirit of grace and thy Spirit of laughter, that we're going to be men and women of joy. Our homes will be homes of joy, oh dear Lord of God. We shall bubble with joy until everybody wonders what kind of people we are, O oh dear Lord God. Let it be thus from this day henceforth. We shall have a smile for each other. Whithersoever we turn ourselves and even when we get outside there, that smile will reach out unto our communities and the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Touch us again and be glorified in us. And if there is any who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior in our midst, any who has not yielded their life unto you, let your spirit touch him or her. Let them be drawn unto this loving kindness of yours, and they come to know you even today for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.